I think where we get caught up in the word value is we hear value and we think tip, idea, strategy, like I have to give, like I have to teach something. Totally. That's what we think of for value. But that's not necessarily what value is. Value can be captivating your audience, uh, telling them a story. It can be changing their emotional state. It can be inspiring or motivating them. Um, and there are so many ways to do that that don't require teaching a lesson or sharing a quick tip. If you're someone like, let's take that real estate agent friend from uh, Arizona, you're not their ideal follower. You right. can continue following them because you're their friend and maybe you're going to support their business, right. but you're not their ideal follower. So that person should not care about you when they're posting because that's you're not who they're trying mm. to attract. Like you're their friends and we should not be catering to our friends yeah. and family because there's a difference between a cookout and a restaurant. Hey, it's Emily here. You know that uniqueness you have? I call it the it factor. We all have it, but some of us either really need to identify it or start to empower it. This show is all about giving you the lessons, tools, and principles I've learned after building a nine-figure sales organization, training leaders around the globe, and working alongside of some of the most influential people in this world. So now it's time to de-plug from your outside world and plug into your new world here. Let's dive in. Is it possible to grow on Instagram? How do you do it? Well, I am here today with an expert that I have been following for years. First, I saw him playing football in Southern California, being an all-star son of, you may know, Shailene Johnson. She's amazing. If you don't know her, you need to follow her. But I have watched him intimately grow his brand, his social media, and impact thousands of entrepreneurs, thousands of people that are looking for a way to grow their brand, to grow their social. And Brock is doing that. And he is here today to give us all the tips, all the tricks, and how can we grow. So thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited we get to do this. I'm so pumped. You're crushing it. Thank you. I'm having a lot of fun. It's been really enjoyable. Ugh, organic growth. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's what I'm so impressed about. You're growing like a thousand people a day. Yeah, it's been for almost two and a half years now, a thousand new followers a day. It's been absolutely wild, but um, it's been very consistent too, which is, which is good to see. It's because you're consistent, right? I'm very consistent. Uh. Yeah, I, uh, someone recently I saw they made a post um, and they described my level of consistency as hyper consistency. And I think that that's a good definition. It's like aggressively hyper consistent. Mm, I love yeah. that. How did this all start for you? Yeah, well, the, the whole Instagram thing started back in April of 2021. So this was a few months after Reels had first like come out. Uh -huh. And I was an Instagram coach at this point. My mom and I had a membership together. And I felt like I needed to establish my own presence and my own following so that the vast majority of my followers weren't just following me because of my mom. And I knew how important Reels were, right? They were blowing up on Instagram. They were yeah. like the hot thing. And so I was like, what if I challenged myself? It wasn't a marketing ploy. It wasn't you know, a way that I was going to help others necessarily. I was just like, I'm going to challenge myself, push myself outside of my comfort zone. And so the initial challenge was one reel per day for 30 days for the month of April. So I was going to just for that rest of that month, at least one reel a day. Mm -hmm. And by the end of that month, I had grown by like 34,000 followers. Multiple reels had gone viral, hit a couple million views. And I had then crossed over the 100K mark, which of course, you know, I had to order the like big balloons off of Amazon, yes. take the uh. 100K picture. Um, but I was like, okay, this is working. I'm gonna keep going. Like it's not too hard. By the end of that month, I had had some systems in place to make it easier on myself. So I'm like, I'm just gonna keep posting one a day and as long as it's still working, I'm gonna keep going. And here we are two and a half years later and I'm still posting at least one a day. So it's been a couple thousand reels between April 1st, 2021 and where we are today. Um, it's definitely been a lot of hard work. There's definitely been bumps along the way, but the consistency has remained and the growth has remained steady as well. Oh my. Yeah. You grew like 400,000. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was crazy. Especially that first year when reels were still fresh and no one was really venturing that hyper focused and super consistent into reels. That first year was like 400 K in that year. And then, yeah, it's, it's still at about a rate of a thousand a day. 
And you weren't like paying Instagram under the table or anything? No, no, I'm not. <laughs> I've, I've had a few meetings with them. I try to get more meetings yeah. with them. Uh, I actually have now a really good working relationship with Instagram and I consult with them on so cool. some of their uh, new product releases and I'm constantly giving them feedback, but also receiving a couple hundred customer complaints a day from Instagram users, you know, who are like, oh my gosh, this is bugging me, this glitch is not is happening or, you know, I'm having this problem with my account. And so I email Instagram on like a monthly basis. I'm like, hey guys, let's set up a meeting so I can give you some feedback and be the voice of the people. Uh, so we're still working on that. But I am happy to say that, yeah, I have a, a pretty good relationship with the actual Instagram staff. Now. Oh my gosh, he's a meta consultant. Meta consultant, which is such a fun thing wow. to say. Wow. Yeah. So is this like your full time, you know, I know you're like a mm -hmm. seven figure entrepreneur. Is it from Instagram coaching? The, yeah, the vast majority. That was like my... Um, kind of introduction to, to business was with business coaching. And actually, let me backtrack and say my introduction to business was my first business was an e-course when I was 19 to help moms keep their teens safe on Snapchat. So cool. That was my first business. Um, and it wasn't something I was passionate about or something that I was, you know, uh, particularly drawn towards or like this was my my life dream was to teach moms how to keep their kids safe on Snapchat. Um, I just thought, hey, there's a gap in the market. A lot of moms need to know how to use Snapchat to keep mm -hmm. their kids safe. Um, and I had this skill. I had taught my parents how to use Snapchat. So I was like, I could teach other parents how to use Snapchat. That evolved into Snapchat marketing. Then everyone left Snapchat, if you remember, and like went back to Instagram oh, totally. and Instagram stories. And I was yeah. like, I'll go with them. Yeah. So then I went back to Instagram. I started Instagram coaching. And the business has grown and evolved since then. But I'm still primarily doing Instagram. And that's pretty much my full-time job. So cool. This mm -hmm. is the dream. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, obviously you, I feel like you are it. Like you're the guy, you're the Instagram guy. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my gosh. And you know, I've told a few friends you were coming mm -hmm. on the show and like all of a sudden it's like questions <laughs> like, is it possible to grow? Mm -hmm. You know, there's people that, you know, I look at their accounts. I'm like, this is decent, good content. Yeah. Like why aren't they growing? Yeah, so it's definitely still possible to grow. We have numerous students who are still growing, growing rapidly, growing from a couple hundred to over a hundred thousand in just a couple months. So it's definitely still possible. And the problem is good content alone is not enough. Valuable content alone is not enough. For years, social media coaches have been saying, put out valuable content, and that's still true. Put out good content, and that's still true but we're all in a competition with each other. That's right. Every single person who's posting is in a competition with myself, with yourself, and with everyone else posting on social media. The average Instagram user follows about 250 people and they spend about 30 minutes per day active on Instagram. That's not enough time to see every post. Right. Right. And also think about how many posts were being recommended, how many uh, posts we're seeing on like the Explorer page right. from people we don't even follow. Yeah. Thousands and thousands of posts every day so we're all in a competition for such a finite amount of attention and time. And so that's why I say that in 2023, like I don't mean to scare anyone by saying this, but I think we're in, at least on Instagram, a social media recession. Mm -hmm. But with that being said, there is still growth to be had. And it's those people who are making the most captivating, the most engaging content, and also who recognize that it's a numbers game. Yeah. And the studies show there's a direct correlation between how much you post and how much you grow. So if you're posting more, you're going to be reaching more people mm. and you're going to be growing more. So yeah. um, it's a matter of putting those systems in place and delegating and outsourcing and automating so that you can post more, reach more people and grow. So good. So how much do you think a day should you post on your feed versus stories? Like, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I like to tell people, despite everything that I just said, I'm not going to contradict myself okay. and instead say uh, to ask yourself the question, what can I sustain? Mm. What can I sustain? That's good. But, and here's where I differentiate myself from a lot of other coaches, is not just what can I sustain, oh, you can sustain one every other day, that's good for you, stick with that, be happy with that. What can you sustain, and then challenge yourself to do a little bit more. Mm. Because let's go back to like where my journey started, that one reel a day, that was a challenge for myself. I love it. I knew I could sustain a couple a week, yeah. but I wanted to challenge myself to do a little bit more. Mm -hmm. So for anyone listening, first define what can you sustain, whatever that number is for you. Regardless of what I do, regardless of what you do, regardless of what anyone says you should do, what can you sustain? And then challenge yourself to, to just dial up that notch a little bit to post a little bit more. Maybe it's 
if you can only do four a week, you're going to challenge yourself to do five or six or every single day. Mm -hmm. Just dialing up that notch because that's where growth comes from. Yeah. Like let's demystify social media. Right. It's just like real life. Yeah. Real life, you get good at stuff by practicing and showing up more the consistently reps. and yeah. pushing yourself outside of your comfort yeah. zone. Yeah. Like no one's become great at anything by staying comfortable and sitting on the couch and being snuggled up in a blanket all exactly. day. Exactly. You know, when you enter the pain cave and you embrace the suck, yes. that's when you get better. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Okay. That that makes so much sense. How how much a day are you doing right now? Right now I'm doing a little over two feed posts per day. I actually okay. recently did a test where I was like, what would happen if I posted less frequently? Like mm -hmm. maybe one a day or one every other day. And it did what I thought it would do, which was half the amount of posts, half the amount of growth during that period. So I was like, okay, forget this. I'm scaling back up. I'm going back to like two to three posts on my feed per day. But wow. yeah, that's my current level. Yeah. So how long does it take you to whip out a reel? And are you only doing reels? Let's mm -hmm. talk about that. Carousels, static posts. Totally. Like it changes so fast. What's going on? Totally. <laughs> So I'm doing all, all three, reels, static like images, and then carousels. I do have a designer to design my carousels for me. So I send him the content mm -hmm. and then he actually makes it look pretty because I suck at graphic design. Yeah, same. Like scrolling back yeah. to some of my old ones I used to design myself. I'm uh -huh. like, oh my uh, God. <laughs> Even today, if he sends me something, I'm like, oh, I want a little tweak and I try to do it myself. Oh, it's trash. It's yeah. so bad. Um, so I've outsourced that, which really makes me able to go a lot faster and mm -hmm. um, focus on other areas of my business besides sitting in Canva and designing a post. Yeah. Um, it's surprising how uh, cost effective a lot of these designers are. I know. Yeah. So that's one thing. And the reason that I do photo posts and carousels is because I'm not sure if you caught this, but last summer, Adam Mosry, the CEO of Instagram, he was like, I think we went too far with pushing reels and we hear you, as in we hear, you know, the, the users, we're going to mm -hmm. dial that back and we're going to balance the reach between reels and non-reels. I oh, love it. And again, going back to the whole supply and demand thing, we're now in a time where everyone's like, I got to post reels, 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 reels. All the experts are saying reels. So everyone's posting reels, but reels and photos or reels and carousels are getting the same amount of reach. So if we're thinking about photos and carousels, they're getting the same amount of reach as reels, but they're having a lot less people post them, mm. a lot less competition. Yeah. So photos and carousels are a great way now as we currently speak yeah. in 2023. Of course, this is probably going to change in a month, but yeah. at least currently reels and photos are such a great way to uh, reach more people, unlike they were maybe a year ago. Right. Because mm -hmm. I was like, don't do any static mm -hmm. posts. You know yeah, what I mean? there, was, there was a while there where it was like, why are you wasting your time? I literally yeah. stopped working with my designer because I was like, yeah. you've, you've made you know 60 or so posts for me. Yeah. I can just keep recycling these. I don't need to pay you for new content because I'm not even going to be posting them. Yeah. But now I've brought him back on the team. And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I do the same thing. And on on Sunday, when I like plan out my week, I write mm -hmm. out my quotes or my carousels, and then I send it all to the graphic designer, mm -hmm. cover photos. It just makes it so easy. Yeah. I know a lot of people that are trying to do it themselves. I'm like, okay, yeah. how can you focus on like sales and growth and right. strategy if you're doing all that? Exactly. You need to be so. able to focus on the things that are actually going to move the needle and make yeah. the big business, big difference in your business. Or there's like the biz, the bucket, I think of it as three buckets, the bucket of social media, which is where most people spend most of their time, mm -hmm. creating content, spending time on Canva, editing their reels. Then there's the bucket of your business, the things that are actually going to move the needle, make an income, you know, provide for your family. And then there's all the stuff that I would argue is probably the most important bucket, which is your life, your relationship, your things that bring you joy, your passions, mm -hmm. the things that are outside of business and social mm -hmm. media. And most of us spend so much time pouring into the social media bucket that there's nothing left for our family and our relationships. And I think that those are the two areas, the family and then also the business that are should take much more priority over the uh, making another post for Instagram. Oh my gosh, you said it. And you know, when I teach and coach, like my first uh, business was in the network marketing space. Mm -hmm. And I always tell people, I'm like, guys, I captured the content of me building the business. So like sock content, mm -hmm. you know, like having, you know, mm -hmm. that, that strategic organic content. Yeah. And I'm like, I was doing the thing. I was building the teams. Yeah. I was speaking. And then I was just like, okay, capture it, <laughs> cut it up mm -hmm. where I feel like a lot of people are like sitting there trying to just create mm -hmm. without like actually working. Yeah. If that makes sense, Absolutely. actually getting the sale or building the thing mm -hmm. and they're avoiding 
you know, the actual like work or the suck. Yeah. And I think that there's this weird, I don't know where it came from, but there's this weird misconception that if I build a big social media following, then I'll have a successful oh, business. Gosh. If I hit hundred K followers, then I have that. I'm like, I'm set. Business is set. Once I hit the certain amount of views, I go viral this amount of times, then the bills are paid for and everything's taken care of. When it's the reverse, that's true. You have to build the business create the systems, the funnels, create uh, the customer journey, the branding, all of that, then you can build the social media. Mm -hmm. Think about how many millionaires and billionaires there are on the planet who they don't even have a social media. They have no following, right? I was talking to a friend who's mm -hmm. actually a billionaire and she was saying to me, she was like, it is freaky how much people spend on social. And yeah. she's like, if you would just like go in and do meetings and seek out people and do the things that, you know, it yeah. really takes, like you could have that as an add on. So I look at it as like baking a cake and it's like the frosting. Exactly. That's literally the analogy that my mom uses. Okay. The exact same analogy. Yeah. I love it's it. the frosting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So good. What about like stories? Yeah. So I think of stories. I actually just got this question yesterday on my Instagram stories and it was, which one's more important stories or the feed? If I had to prioritize staying consistent on one, and it's just apples to oranges. They have, they have different purposes. Your feed should be focused on your niche because let's think about who is seeing the feed posts. It's yes, your existing followers, but it's also hopefully reaching a lot of new people. People have never heard of you. People have never seen you before. And so you need to attract them into mm, your business, to your good. brand, whatever it may be, Yeah. right? I like to pose this question of, would this matter to a stranger? before I post this. Would this make sense to a stranger? It's so good. So if it's a picture of me and my wife at our wedding, it's cute, you know, my family and friends are gonna love it, but a stranger doesn't really care to see another couple who they don't know at a wedding. Right. Right. My dog sitting on the couch, super cute. I love Mila and Shotzi, yeah. my dogs, but like that doesn't matter to a stranger. Right. But once someone's chosen to follow me and they're like, okay, he provides value, I'm into his business, I'm into his niche, whatever, they, they're following me, they've made that choice. Now they wanna get to know me a little bit deeper. It's like the, you know, you can apply it to like dating or, or meeting mm -hmm. a new friend. Mm -hmm. They've already shook hands. You know, you, you've gotten to know them a little bit. You're on right. that first date. Now let's get to know you deeper. Let's get to learn your values, your beliefs, what makes you you, your interests, passions, hobbies, all those things. So that's what goes on your stories. Mm. So on the feed, I'm posting two to three feed posts per day. Very valuable, captivating. They're mm -hmm. all relating to growing on Instagram because mm -hmm. that's my niche. And then the stories let your freak flag fly. Like yeah. whatever you want. Post <laughs> yeah. about the dogs, post about yeah. the wedding. I'm moving moving to Utah. We talked yes. about that. Like that's going on my Instagram stories. All of that goes there because someone, now they need to build that trust. Mm -hmm. And on a higher level, they need to build that trust so that I can eventually convert them to a customer or a client or eventually transition them from just an average follower into an actual super fan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, take them to the next level. Yeah. When I'm mentoring people or I'll look at their accounts and it's like, products, sells, sells. I'm like, would I follow that? No. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of people listening right now. Mm -hmm. They'll spend it, even if they make it pretty, like into a reel or whatever, or they're selling a course or mm -hmm. they're selling something and it doesn't get any traction. Mm -hmm. So are we saying we should put that in the stories instead? I believe that the best place to begin a sale is in the Instagram stories, mm -hmm. begin a sale. I think that the ultimate place to actually make that sale is in the DMs. Mm -hmm. There's just nothing like the amount of trust and connection and relationship that we can build via direct message and the follow-up, the fortunes in the follow-up. So if you just put a link on your stories, you don't know who clicked it. You don't know who got lost. You don't know what their issues were. You don't know what questions they had. But if you're having a conversation with someone, you know if they clicked, you know if they purchased, you know if they became a customer or joined your team, whatever. Mm -hmm. And if they didn't, well, then you have the opportunity to follow up, right. ask questions, and treat people like actual human beings. It's so major. This, this, I, the F you, the follow up. Mm -hmm. Like, I tell people, people look at me and they think like, oh, people, people just come to you and want to pay you money to do. And it's like, no, no, no. Mm -hmm. I still have to follow up. Mm -hmm. Like, seven times, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes like, and so when it comes to the, the inbox, are you using like many chat? Is it you? Yeah. Do you have a system for that? A few things. I have my, uh, my direct messages set up into like two folders. I have my primary and my general general is just kind of for everyone. My primary is for my friends, my family, my, uh, maybe like high level, like you would be in my yeah. primary. Um, I answer my primary. I do my best with my general, 
my general folder, but I've actually hired a full-time direct message manager, my yeah. community manager. So she responds to all of my DMs and all of my comments on my behalf. I do as, like I said, as good of a job as I can to get in there, but I also know I need to spend time focusing on other areas, but it's important to me that everyone gets a response, that yeah. everyone feels um, heard and seen and validated. Mm -hmm. And so I've hired someone to basically take care of that for me. And the most underrated tool that people are neglecting on Instagram is ManyChat. Without question, DM automation is a flipping game changer. So yeah, I use ManyChat and DM automation on a daily basis. I am obsessed and I don't know why it's taken people so long. Maybe right. it's the fear of the word automation, but right. like DM automation, I've been talking about it for the last two or three years and it's a game changer. Yeah. It's insane. Like getting people to go to that next level with mm -hmm. you. Like, because what I think is if someone sends a message, do they even know I have this show? Do mm -hmm. they even know that they could like listen and watch other things? Do mm -hmm. they even know that they could take it a step further? Yeah. And then as well, I don't like leaving unread. Yeah. It's like, I feel so rude. Yeah. You know, same. someone has taken the time to reach out. Exactly. It's major. Yeah. So good. Yeah. We need to look into many chat. Everyone needs to look into it. Yeah. It's, it's huge. Like some of the percentages off the top of my head, um, when it comes to actual sales, like the average click-through rate of a link on your Instagram stories, which is how most people sell is I believe like one or 2%. The average click-through rate of like the link in bio, when you say, Hey, go click the link in my bio is again, like one or 2%. The average click-through rate when you're sending the link via direct message and DM automation is like 46%. Whoa. It's insane. And like that alone is sales. Also, let's think about like what happens when you put a link sticker or you put like the link in your bio. Either someone's clicking on it. Again, we already talked about no follow-up, no relationship. Yeah. Or they're not, which is like a negative form of engagement because they're skipping, they're scrolling. They're like, ah, this lady's selling me an advertisement. I'm moving on. But instead, if you ask them to send you a, a keyword direct message, Direct message me the word pod and I'll send you the link to the latest podcast, for example. Well, now you're starting off from a place of engagement. So already that's good in the algorithm's eyes, right? Uh -huh. Because they're direct messaging you. Now they're in your DMs. They're getting an instant response. They're getting that link. They're getting help. They're getting directed. You have the ability to follow up. And so in pretty much every category, engagement, sales, click-through, views, it's beneficial to use DM automation. Okay. Yeah. You just changed the. I, I just had an unlock next mm -hmm. level in mm -hmm. the video game yeah. right here oh, right yeah. now. This it's like <laughs> it's the biggest game changer. It's insane. And then you can. Oh my gosh! I could geek out on this stuff. And then like using comp. Have you ever used or, or seen the comment triggers when people use those? No. So you can say comment a keyword. So you don't even have to do like direct message. Comment the keyword on this post, and then when they comment that keyword, they get the direct message from you. I did it this morning in a post that wasn't even related. I was making a post about like how I come up with real ideas. And at the very bottom of my caption, like buried down there where no one supposedly would read it, I was like, if you want to know how I stuck my phone to the window like this, just comment the word flip. I've had already within a couple hours, a couple thousand people commenting the word flip. And all of those people got a direct message from me with a discount code in my affiliate link. Stop it right now. Game changer. Let's just end the show. Yeah, game changer. Like, this is so good. Yeah. Oh, my word. Okay, <laughs> so we need to look into ManyChat. Mm -hmm. What's the best resource for that? Uh, I think just go, yeah, just going to ManyChat's website. Okay. ManyChat is one provider of DM automation. Okay. There are others. ManyChat's, I believe, the most popular. And they are an official partner of Instagram. So, okay. like, it's all, it's all legal within Instagram's eyes. And on ManyChat, they have tons of, like, free tutorials and trainings to help you get set up. But it's shockingly easy because I'm not a techie person. Yeah. I don't know how to, like, code or anything yeah, like that. Um, you know, like, we were talking about these microphones. I have one of these microphones at my house, and uh, it took me, like, three years to figure yeah. out how to use it. Um, but all of that to say, ManyChat is, like, drag and drop. Oh, easy. Like, it's, if you know how to move your windows around from, like, Safari and your music, whatever, you can use yeah. ManyChat. It's so easy. Okay, we're yeah. doing it. We're doing it. Yeah. Okay. Talk to me about... Um, Niche. Is mm. it niche? Is yeah. that how you say it? I say niche. Okay. I used to say niche, but yeah. yeah. Okay. Like how important is that? There's like arguments yeah. that go on uh -huh. out there. There are in in the space. Yeah. And so, you know, I want to hear your perspective. Mm -hmm. Like if you're just starting out, or even if you're someone like me, mm -hmm. or you know, someone more established, what do you recommend? Yeah. So I, I do have a strong opinion on, okay. on niche. I love this. Um, I think it's absolutely essential if you want to grow. If you want to grow, if you're someone like yourself or like myself who maybe we're not necessarily in a season of growth, maybe we're in a season of nurturing our audience or building that deeper connection with our audience. I think my mom is a great example. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of listeners follow her. 
she doesn't really have a niche. And I like to joke with her that like, oh, hey, you unlocked a new niche today. Yeah. Um, because she posts about every random thing on her feed and on her stories, anything she's interested in. And her ADHD takes her in a million different directions. Yeah. But she's able to do that because she was a fitness, you could, I guess by today's definition, a fitness influencer totally. for, for 20 years. She was in people's homes. They were doing her workout DVDs. So they have that relationship and that trust with her. She's got 700 something thousand followers. So she's not trying to grow. She's trying to build like a really deep, intimate sense of community mm -hmm. on her Instagram. And mm -hmm. you do that by showing all the different things. Yeah. But if you're someone who's trying to grow, you need to get hyper niche focused or else when someone clicks on your page, like imagine this, someone's scrolling through their feed and they see one of my reels comes up and they're mm -hmm. like, oh, hey, it's some great Instagram tips. Or maybe their friend shares one of my posts with them and they're like, oh, let's check this guy out. But they click on my profile. They see one post about growing on Instagram, but then they see my wife and I at our wedding. They yeah. see her move to Utah. They see the dogs on the couch. They're like, okay, like this was a one hit wonder. This was yeah. one good post, but I'm not going to follow this yeah, guy. Yeah, it's not worth it. Like, like we're yeah. all so uh, stringent with who we follow. It's true. Because like I said earlier, we spend 30 minutes on Instagram, but we have 250 people we follow. So like, I don't want to follow any more mm -hmm. people. I don't mm -hmm. want to just follow another person to follow their journey or right. you know be a part of their lifestyle. Everyone's documenting their lifestyle uh -huh. online. Like uh -huh. a lifestyle vlogger in 2012, revolutionary. Right. Who, a mom filming her life? Like what? That's mind blowing. I'm gonna follow her. And that's why mom bloggers blew up. But now every mom is online yeah. documenting their mom journey. And so like what makes, mm. you know, talking to the mom right now who's a lifestyle vlogger, what makes your lifestyle different than anyone else's? Why should I follow your journey compared to the thousands of other? And I know this is harsh, but like that's the, the reality of social media. The more hyper-focused we can get, the more we will grow. I'll mm. give you a couple examples. Yeah, one um, is one of our students, and I love this example because they're not a single individual. They run their account as like a husband and wife duo, mm -hmm. um, and they do injury prevention for snowboarders, only snowboarders, not skiers, just snowboarders, through yoga. So she, she's a yoga instructor. He is a PT, and they just do injury prevention through yoga for snowboarders, period. That's it. They've grown from, I think they, when they started with us, they were at like 5,000. Now they're over like 160,000, consistently just blowing their sales numbers away, selling out of all their courses and their products. It's insane because they got that super hyper-focused. Another example is um, like so many people, they would say, I'd say, what's your niche? And they would say, uh, fitness. And I'd say, that's first of all, that's an industry. That's not a niche, but fitness. And I'd say, okay, for who? Who are you doing fitness for? Uh, for women. Fitness for women. Okay. Well, the way you're going to speak to a woman who's in her 20s and was a, a college athlete right. is different than the way you're going to speak to a woman who's in her 60s and wants to run a 5K totally. and has never done any fitness before in her life. Yeah. Right. The way you're going to talk to them yeah. is different. Um, but this example, her name is Sharice Allison. She got started with fitness for women, like kind of a, a vanilla, very, you know, non-specific niche. And we started talking to her and sharing more of her story. And we learned that you know, a big part of her story was she needed to work out from home. She didn't necessarily have the time mm -hmm. to go to the gym every single day. And she had young kids at home. A lot of moms can probably relate to that. But even more specifically, part of her fitness journey was recovering from addiction. And so she specifically is now speaking to other moms who are recovering from addiction and need less than 30 minute per day at home workouts so they can stay with their kids and not have to go yeah. to the gym and do daycare and all that stuff. And she's another person who started out with like a thousand followers and is now over 100K because she's able to get that hyper specific with her niche. Dialed it in. Mm -hmm. We got to dial it in. Dial it in. And then add value mm -hmm. like nobody's business. Mm -hmm. Like, and that's the thing with your content. Everything is like, did he just give this away? Like he just, <laughs> like it is, it's like value, but then, then some. Thank like you. people can take it and apply it and use it and, mm -hmm. You're so good at that. And I feel like that has to be why you're growing so much because it's like, again, people have a sign on their face that says, what's in it for me? Yes. So yes. it's like, I follow you. Like even uh, with this, this gal I was mentoring, it was like, we were like, this is a year ago. We mm -hmm. were like, well, Brock says. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> like, so just so you know, that's happening out there in the that. world. That's funny. And I'm like, he's right. Like, <laughs> you know, but you have so much value. Thank like you. when, so... 
again, like when let's talk to our people out there that are driving, listening, you know, because mm-hmm. again, they're not posting a lot of value. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not like a lot of stuff where it's like, oh, I can take this, apply it, try it, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so how important is that? And how do you come up with all the value? I feel like you are just this value machine. Yeah. Well, thank you. I yeah. appreciate that. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it's taken some time definitely to build up this large bank of value. And I think just like anything else, the more you do it, the better you get and the more you realize, all right, I could teach this strategy. I could come up with this thing. I could share this thing. Um, But for me, it comes from a place of an abundance mindset. And when I first got started with this whole hyper consistency of reels, I struggled with that idea of like, what should I say for my membership? What should I say for my courses? What should I say for a one-on-one coaching call? versus I should share on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I came to the conclusion that already, if I'm lucky, a third of my followers are going to see what I'm posting. So it's like a very small percentage of people. Right. And only a very small percentage of people from that group is going to remember or take notes or like really soak in what I've taught. Totally, They're missing 90% of what I'm posting. And so I should share that stuff because I know that most people are gonna miss it anyways. Mm-hmm. And also on my Instagram, it's just, it's just, a random jumble of value, right? Mm-hmm. There's no organization to it. My Instagram isn't structured so that, you know, you're going through a course step-by-step and you're right. learning, like you're not getting one-on-one feedback or actual coaching that's specific to you. Right. You're just like, here's this tip, here's this idea, here's this strategy. Yeah. So I'm I'm giving you all this. So some people can definitely do stuff with that. But more importantly, most people are going to say, this guy has value, this guy knows what he's talking about, but I still feel lost. I can see that there's something here, yeah. but I still, I, I need the step-by-step. Right. I need the blueprint. I need the guy. Right. I need the coaching. And so that's my, at least my formula of how I transition mm-hmm. people from a follower to someone who is more likely to become a customer. Mm, so good. Now, what if someone is listening and they're like, I'm an insurance or real estate mm-hmm. and photography or yeah. all these things, like what's your advice for them to make it cool yeah right because like a friend of mine who does real estate it's like well unless you live in arizona mm-hmm. i don't want to really see this house that's for sale and like honey i'm sorry like i i don't resonate with the house sure. in arizona yeah i live in california yeah absolutely <laughs> um so i think like if the, if they're the type of person if you're listening to this and you're the type of person who you're an educator a teacher you're you have a course whatever i think that makes a little bit more sense to, to share the value and the how-to's But I think where we get caught up in the word value is we hear value and we think tip, idea, strategy, like I have to give, like I have to teach something. That's what we think of for value. But that's not necessarily what value is. Value can be captivating your audience, uh, telling them a story. It can be changing their emotional state. It can be inspiring or motivating them. Um, And there are so many ways to do that that don't require teaching a lesson or sharing a quick tip. If you're someone like, let's take that real estate agent friend from uh, Arizona you're not their ideal follower. You can continue following them because you're their friend and maybe you're gonna support their business, but you're not their ideal follower. So that person should not care about you when they're posting because that's, you're not who they're trying Mm. to attract. Like you're their friends and we should not be catering to our friends and family because there's a difference between a cookout and a restaurant. Oh, right. Oh, drop the mic. Thank you. Okay. (laughs) But so we need to be (laughs) catering to that ideal audience. And so Let's again go back to niche and get hyper super specific with who we're posting Mm. for because it's not just homes in Arizona. What kind of buyer are you looking to attract? What kind of person do you work with? Do you work more with families, more with solos, more with people who are like really looking for like a Mac daddy sweet house? Or are you looking for people who Mm. are looking for like a starter home Mm -hmm. for just them and their dog? Mm -hmm. You know, different kinds of people, different groups of people are going to want different things. And so you don't even have to necessarily give those people tips for real estate but just sharing relatable content, humor, telling stories, um, or even sharing the homes and the listings that you have that might fit for that specific person. But again, it just goes back to the niche. Mm, so good. And and this deeply resonates because I used to be like, serve everyone and who can't, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I'm like, just do you. And, and then, then I'm, I'm like, no, I got to dial it in. When mm-hmm. I like consciously decided to start building my brand, I'm like, I got to dial it in. Mm-hmm. And, and my partner, Jake, was like, who are you talking to? And I'm like, I'm talking to everyone. 
I, I like men, like men, like w- women, all ages. And he's like, no, who are you talking to, Emily? And he's like, you have to picture her. And mm-hmm. I'm like, her. He's like, let's name her. And so we we went down this big thing and it, it, and it really, really, really helped me mm-hmm. immensely. Good. So now every single time I post, I'm literally posting for Gabby. Mm. She's 35. She like knows deep in her soul. She's mm-hmm. meant for mm-hmm. more. She's dealing with shame. She's she's wanting to be a mom, but also build a business. And it, it like I see her. Yeah. She actually like lives in Minnesota where I'm originally <laughs> like, like I, you know what I mean? And so that's yeah. who I speak to. Absolutely. And, and it changed everything for me. I love that. And now like when I write my book, that's who I'm going to talk to. Love and yeah. yeah. So what you're saying is so spot on. Awesome. Shout and, out to Jake for, yeah. for challenging yeah. you on that. Yeah. That's awesome. I, remember I have right. someone too. I, I won't say her name because oh. she's a real person. Okay. Um, but yes, absolutely. One individual person in mind when I'm making all of my posts, my podcast, my content, whatever. So good. Mm-hmm. Now I love aesthetics. Like that's if I didn't do what I do, I would. I don't design something. Mm-hmm. I just. I just do. I love mm-hmm. it to my mm-hmm. core. I'd love to go to a museum, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes to like social media, and I get it. Like we we don't need everything curated anymore, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like thank God we're not in like a field of flowers mm-hmm. laying there with our. Like I cannot. Yeah. It's just, very, no. very 2016. Yeah, I cannot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We don't need to do that. But how important is that? Because like your colors, like you're, it's tight, man. You're tight. You're dialed. Yeah. You know, how important is that today? Aesthetics matter and having a matching aesthetic on your social media matters if you're in an aesthetic industry. Oh. So if you are someone who is an interior designer or a graphic designer or a photographer, those things might matter more so. If you're someone who is a real estate agent or you do something related to food or fitness maybe, you don't necessarily need that matching aesthetic and it's definitely not necessary for growth. Not necessary for growth. You can grow and add that in later. That's what I did. Same. I reached like 300,000 before I was like, yellow is going to be my color. Yeah, same. Then I like added yellow. And still, if you look at my Instagram, it's not like dominated by yellow. There's a fair amount of yellow because my designer, he just always uses that color. But even sometimes I'll, I'll message him and I'll be like, hey, just change the colors for the next week or two. Mm-hmm. Like just do random colors because variety is the spice of life. As cliche as it is to say that, it's true on social media. And when we see the exact same colors from the exact same person, they're wearing the same pink blazer in every single post, it just gets a little boring. It's so boring. Right? Like, I understand it's brand recognition, but it gets boring when you're on the same background for every single or video. Or it's like the same photo shoot that mm-hmm. they use all year mm-hmm. long. And I'm like, you've got to have a different And then you see her look. on stories and it's like, your hair is four inches longer now. Like, congratulations on your hair growth. But like, there's, and also like your roots are real grown out now. So I like, know. what's. Like, no, no, no. I remember the back yeah. of, in the day of like having photo shoots for social media. I don't schedule photo right. shoots for social media anymore. It's not necessary right. because people want what's authentic and what's yeah. real. That's what they resonate with. That's what they connect with. Mm-hmm. So if you're filming a reel in front of like a messy background, the kids are going crazy, the dog's barking and there's like, you know, something o- over on the table that shouldn't be on the table, that grabs people, that connects them. They're right. like, oh, that's real. Yeah. I connect with her. Totally. Rather than like you said, you know, rolling in the, the field of pink flowers yeah. and everything's photoshopped in fluffy clouds. That's not real. That's yeah. not authentic. Yeah. No, it's not. I love the blend of like here I'm like the, you know, the authority or I'm I'm the expert in XYZ, mm-hmm. but then I'm also a human with a heartbeat yeah. that has insecurities that, you know, like is far from perfect. Mm-hmm. I still deal with these things. Like I like the blend mm-hmm. and that's where I try to live. Yeah. And the, in that human lane of, <laughs> you know, even in, and I, and I was talking to like a group of, of major business entrepreneurs and a lot of them feel or they're always showing like them being an expert, but there's not a lot of like human element. Like mm-hmm. I'm like, you must have problems. Yeah. You must have, right. you know, and I'm like, if you would just show more of that and yeah. that be relevant yeah. and like that you're human, like people relate to that so much. Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, being a leader and being in a space where you're like a leader, mm-hmm. right? It's like you you wear that badge. And then I'm like, no, like real leadership is showing vulnerability. Yeah. It's showing like, no, I freaking had a migraine today and yeah. I'm not able to work. And like, mm-hmm. this is a reality or I'm, you know, and so, you know, do you feel like showing that blend? Is that really important? Are you seeing growth by yeah. showing the blend? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Some of my best posts to speak super like tactically are the posts where I'm like, here's how many followers I lost last week. Yeah. Here's, here's how many followers I lost last month. Here are the, the 
the strategies that I used to believe in that I don't believe in anymore that are no longer effective. I love when you just do like that those one. super honest, authentic moments. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm going to butcher this quote, so I'll paraphrase it, paraphrase it, but it comes from Jocko Willink in the book, um, Extreme Ownership. And he talks about how leadership and credibility doesn't come from imperfections and making mistakes. It comes from failing to admit when you have made a mistake or when you do have an imperfection. That's what destroys credibility and trust and leadership. No leader is perfect. And I think the leaders who try to pretend that they are, and I say leaders, but we're all leaders on totally. social media, right? They're called, totally. they're called followers. So yeah. we are their leader. And so to be a leader, to be a content creator, to be a business owner, I don't care if you have 100 followers or 200 million, uh, you, you have to be vulnerable and imperfect. Plus, like we all went through 2020 and 2021 where everyone, I don't care who you are, where you stand, everyone's like, who can I trust? I who can I look to? Who I can know. I believe? What yeah. content is is being real with me? Right. So we all have like this really finely tuned in BS radar. Totally. And so like when someone's like selling us a bunch of baloney on Instagram, it's like, okay, like girl, I know what, what filter you used. Yeah. I know what, you know, like you moved your hand and suddenly like the eyelash like went up here from the filter, you know? It's, it's obvious mm -hmm. and people see right through that and it creates a disconnected disconnection because you're trying to sell this false idea of perfection, which no one is. Yeah, it's so obvious. Mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. I, I was sharing this with, with my friend. I was like, I want to be an honest influencer mm -hmm. and, and show like the empty containers of my product. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like, no, no, really, I use this because it, it just got so watered down mm -hmm. and it's so obvious when yeah. it's just like spammy. Or what I see a lot is people are like, shoot, I need to make money, I need a sale, or I have this new thing coming out, and then they come online. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I'm like, there's a lot of even like big thought leaders, authors, it's like, oh, now they're omnipresent, but like they were like gone for, yeah. for a long time. And so I think, again, millennials and even younger, they wanna like know your mission, know what you stand for, so they can buy into it. 100%. So yeah. important. Yeah. So when you're jamming on these reels and creating content, because mm. you are so good. Thank you. Yeah. Like, whoa, your your creativity. <laughs> I, like, so how do you come up with that stuff? Like, what does that look like? Are Do you have like a full day where you're shooting content or are you very like, you know, spirit led? Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't rely very much on inspiration. I don't consider myself very creative. So you I thank don't? you for that. But I don't what consider myself heck? very creative. Okay. I think I'm very good at seeing a lot of different ideas that other creative people have come up with and just putting my own spin on it, mm -hmm. putting my own version of the trend out there, mm -hmm. putting my own uh, culmination of these two different ideas that I'm going to bring together to create my own. Mm -hmm. I don't think I'm necessarily creating new ideas. I'm just seeing what I like, seeing what I see working for others and being like, well, I could do my own version of that, put my own spin, my own character, my own personality into it. Mm. So that's what I do. In terms of like practically how I record my reels, it's evolved over time as my strategy has evolved. Now I incorporate a lot more direct to camera reels where I have my microphone, I'm looking right in the camera, there's like the big bold text. Um, but in the past when it was just like the lip sync reels and the voiceovers, those, those got so down that I could record, I think my record was like 36 in one hour. And people are like, whoa, that's crazy. It's just a practice thing. Yeah. It's just a practice thing. And if I'm doing a one sentence or a seven second voiceover, it really doesn't take that long to just record it once you've practiced for yeah. years. Yeah, not um, for you. <laughs> um, but now people aren't the biggest fan of that kind of content. It can still work, right? Like a lip sync. They're, they're funny sometimes. The trending audios, they definitely work sometimes. Uh, but we've all been on TikTok for a few years and we've all been on Instagram for a few years. So seeing the 700 person to recreate the same lip sync is like, okay, uh, yeah. like I, I'm over it. Yeah. I just saw three people in a row do the same one. Like I'm, I don't want to see this trend anymore. Right. Um, and so largely that kind of content isn't performing as well. So I sprinkle that in a few a week when it used to be one or two of that kind of content every day. Yeah, yeah, you were dancing. Um, which is kind of a bummer because that kind of content was a lot easier to create. Right. Like it was easier for me to do a seven second lip sync than it is to record a 60 second, you know, I'm gonna share some educational tip or some value motivational bomb. quote, value bomb, exactly. Yeah. That's a little bit harder to, to come up with, but um, still, I would say it doesn't take more than uh, maybe an hour a week. Okay, mm -hmm. wow. 
And does your wife Taylor, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. do, Taylor, yeah. Does she does she create content with you? Do you guys do it together? Or? Yeah, we we do a fair amount together. We have a couples account that we run together on Instagram. We do some fun stuff there. But and we also have a YouTube channel, and she has her own channels as well, so where Whoa. she uh, documents like her her own passions and hobbies. But uh, we at least with our YouTube channel that we run together, which is Tay and Brock, and our our Instagram is Tay and Brock as well. We don't treat that as a business. That's purely a passion project. That's purely something we do for fun. And I think a lot of uh, people get kind of twisted where they feel like the business that they start needs to be their passion. It needs to be like they need to chase their dreams and find their soulmate business. And like this, or at least their first business needs to be like what really sparks it in their soul. But like I mentioned at the very beginning, when I talked about my Snapchat business, I wasn't passionate about right. helping moms keep their teens safe on Snapchat. Right. I was a 19 year old who saw a gap in the market, who knew that I needed to create financial freedom from my parents so I could take the silver spoon out of my mouth yeah. and cut the financial umbilical cord. Yeah. <laughs> and I knew that like this was my opportunity. Right. There's a gap in the market. I had that knowledge. So you start with something, and this is my recommendation, is start with something that can actually move the needle, that can actually show you that you do know how to make sales. You can build a customer base. You can create that course. You can make that mm. money online. And then use that to either fuel the passion projects or eventually transition into ways that the passion project can be monetized. Oh. But like even today, I am putting out tons and tons of content, YouTube, podcast, Instagram, all this stuff. But my passion projects are the silly little vlogs that I make with my wife and snowboarding and traveling in our Airstream and like things like that that have no monetary return, but those bring me the most joy. So good. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's an evolutionary process. Mm -hmm. It totally is. Mm -hmm. That's the same reason I became an entrepreneur. I was like, I just want to... I just want to go to the bathroom when I need to go to the bathroom. I just want to take vacations. Like, yeah. I just want to design my life. It yeah. wasn't because, like, I want to change the world yeah. and I want to help people's hearts and blah, blah, blah. Like, there was not that. Mm -hmm. Like, not at all. Yeah. It, you evolve over time. So, so good, Brock. Um, what other uh, platforms do you play on? I mean, you mentioned YouTube. Now all of them. All um, of them. Because I think if I'm going to call myself a social media expert, I need to be somewhat present on all of them. I will say I do. I kind of think of it as like a tiered system. So my tier one platforms are Instagram. Um, I'm starting to take YouTube a lot more seriously because of all the platforms, I'm the biggest fan of YouTube, which is weird to say because I'm like the Instagram guy. If I had to go all in on one platform, it might like start all over. It might be YouTube. Um, I do think Instagram is pretty awesome though too. So those are like my two main ones. And then also the podcast that I do with my mom. Those mm -hmm. are like my tier ones. Everything else is kind of second fiddle. TikTok, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, like all these platforms. So I repurpose content onto them, but I'm not super strategic or thoughtful with yeah. my, my use of these platforms. I did literally last night start over on TikTok. Start over. Whoa. This is kind of a fun story. So I blew up on TikTok in 2019 from dancing videos. Okay. This was back when I was still yeah. a college football player. Yeah. So I was like in the locker room. No one knew what TikTok was yet. So this was kind of like a, uh, the way I was able to trick my teammates into doing it. Like I was just like, hey, you stand over here, film us. Guys, come on, let's, let's do a TikTok. And they're like, what, what's TikTok? Brock's just being weird again. So I pulled everyone over. We do this little dance. It's like 13 million views now. And I did a couple more in, in the following days. And so 2019, when most people hadn't even downloaded TikTok, this was like January 2019, I had 300,000 followers. And I was like, this is awesome. Like I'm crushing it on TikTok. What the the growth is, ra is rapid. I'm going to keep leaning into the fact that I like, I can twerk and I, I, I can't twerk very well, but <laughs> I'm willing to twerk. No, you're, um, yeah. And uh and I'm just going to be dancing and goofy and that's me. And then I cracked my tooth out a couple months later. So that became a whole funny thing. And, you know, but then I realized two years later, I've graduated college. I'm not a football player anymore. It'd be very awkward if I just showed up in the locker room. Um, I'm actually a business owner and I actually teach people how to make money online. And yet I have 300,000 followers who do not care about that stuff. Right. They, they, they follow because they want me to be silly, goofy dancing videos. And so for the last year or two, I've gotten very uh, dejected on TikTok. I felt frustrated because of lack of growth. I've had periods where I was like super consistent, where I struggled with consistency. And finally, after eight months of posting super valuable content, a lot of the same content I'm sharing on Instagram, I was like, I'm, I'm done. I'm done trying to weed out the 300,000 followers because they're not seeing it anyways. Right. And those who are, are instantly like, nope, he's not dancing, scroll. 
So I was like, I'm starting fresh. So we're gonna see how this goes. I'm Brilliant. literally at like 120 followers right now. I checked okay, this morning. Okay, everyone go follow. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Luckily, I was able to transfer the username. So I am still Brock 11 Johnson on okay. TikTok. But we'll see how the growth goes. And I would estimate that the growth and engagement is going to be much more consistent mm -hmm. now that um, I can build an audience who actually cares about what I have to say. So powerful. What On that note, mindset. Mm -hmm. Mindset. Mm -hmm. You know, I think of my, my girl in Minnesota mm -hmm. who's like, she worked all day to make that real. And it's like one comment, you know, what, what do we say to those people that are like, I'm doing it, I'm trying, but it, 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 it's, their mind is just like, they feel like they're counting their worth on how many people are sharing. And what do you say to that? Yeah, I have a few things to say. First of all, don't spend hours creating content. It should take a few minutes and whatever's good enough is good enough. I know like quality matters, but I'm a, I'm a quantity over quality type of guy yeah. because that's practice. And I look at each post on social media, not as an opportunity to grow my business and reach more people. It can do that, but each post is simply a data point. It's an opportunity to practice. Mm. What did I do well in this post? What did I not do well in this post? Good enough is good enough. And every single person listening to this podcast, if you have the ability to find a podcast on your phone and start listening to it, that's all the skills you need to be able to create a reel. Mm. Like you have the technical capability. So forget the excuse of like, I don't know how I'm not, I'm technically challenged. If you can turn on this podcast, you have the ability to create a good enough reel. That's right. So keep posting good enough reels, and then eventually your C will turn into a B and your B will turn into an A. Instead of trying to stress yourself out with three hours of trying to make the A plus and it ends up being a C anyways. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing I'd say. The second thing, more importantly, is once you do make that post and it doesn't do well, first of all, your worth cannot be tied to how you're doing on social media, how many followers you have. Um, your sense of joy or satisfaction cannot come from these circumstantial results. Um, look at it as practice. Look at it as an opportunity to learn. Why did this post only get one comment? Why did this post not perform how I wanted it to perform? Analyze it from an objective place rather than the subjective hurt feelings that you yeah. have because you're like, I put so much work into this and it didn't do well. Right. Um, comparison is the thief of joy, but mm -hmm. to speak on joy, um, it's the central driving force in my life, finding joy. Like that's what I lead my life by. Mm. And I think so many people get caught up in this comparison game and chasing after happiness, which is always so fleeting, right? I need to get a hundred likes. I remember back in like 2012 on Instagram when I would celebrate when I got a hundred likes. I remember when I got 2000 followers and I was like a sophomore in high school, mm -hmm. I think. And I made a celebration post like 2K. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now I'm growing at a rate of like a thousand a day. And so, my point is that happiness is is always going to be fleeting, right? Mm -hmm. It's that mountain that when you get to the mountaintop, you're like, okay, I'm here now. What? Like it didn't bring me that sense of fulfillment that I thought it would. Totally. And we we hear these things all the time, and I know I'm not the first person to say this, um, but usually we think of it like in big picture, like the next job promotion, having a certain amount of money in the bank account. But it also really applies on the smallest of small scales. Like how many comments did I get? How many likes do I have? How many views are my posts getting? And detaching from those results and instead mm -hmm. focusing and finding joy in the actual process, mm. that's where the difference is going to lie. That's mm. what's going to change your mindset and your perspective and your approach to social media because it's very obvious when someone isn't feeling it, mm. when they're not a big fan of whatever they're posting or they're not a big fan of the platform or they're feeling down about how many likes they're getting. They're maybe getting desperate with their content. It's, it's, it's obvious. It's so obvious. But when someone's creating from a place of joy, that's obvious too. You're like, oh, I just, I, I'm drawn to this. Oh, there's a resonance to it and the, the frequency is higher mm -hmm. and it's, it's, there's a flow to it versus that force. You're so spot on. Thank you. And you can tell, and I've been in Desperadoville before <laughs> where yeah. it's like, this is so forced. And I'm like, it's, but then when you're in flow and when you're in harmony and, pursuing the things that we're meant to pursue mm -hmm. and, 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 and finding love and joy in the right places versus the wrong, it shows up in your content. Mm -hmm. you, that just dropped for me like deep in my soul. Mm -hmm. Like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I don't know. I'm not smart enough to know why it does, but I just, it does. And we yeah. can all see it. We can all feel it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. What do you think your it factor is? I had a feeling you were going to ask me you this. Did. And so I was yeah. thinking about it on the mm -hmm. way here. Um, I think the most... Actually, I'll ask you this. What do you think the most famous slogan in like 
whatever in big companies is. Like if you were to think of- Just do it. Okay, yeah. yes, boom, yes, thank yeah. you, okay. I'm so glad you said that because in my uh, practicing my answer to this question on the way here, yeah. I was going to just assume that that was the most, but you answered it perfect. Okay, thank you. We didn't we didn't preface it, that. No, it, um, just do it. Um, that's my thing. Like I, I just do it. Um, and I think so many people have a problem with overthinking and I think I will admit, and my wife will probably attest that if anything, my problem is underthinking, mm -hmm. not planning enough, not thinking things through, not, you know, writing out every little side tangent plan. And what if this goes wrong? What's plan B? What's plan C? I'm like, plan A sounds good. Let's do it. Yeah. And then I do it. I'm like, yeah. I'm going to post 30 reels in the month of April. Boom. Did it. Yeah. I'm going to start getting consistent on YouTube. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do what it takes to do to do it um, because I'm just going to rip that bandaid off. I spent the first 20 19 or 20 years of my life with crippling perfectionism. Like, did you know? Everything in my life had to be perfect. And if you looked at the first 19 years of my life from the outside looking in, it looked pretty freaking perfect. Mm -hmm. And I, I like, I'm, I can say that because I know that it wasn't. Mm -hmm. I know the anxiety I was dealing with. Mm -hmm. I know the struggles that I had. Like, you know, what's the Hollywood all American high school movie? Is the guy, he's coached by his parents. He's coached by his dad. Uh, he wins the state championship. He's the quarterback. Yep. His girlfriend's the, the cheerleader. Yeah. That was my life. Yeah. That was what it happened. And I knew that I still felt so anxious all the time. And I didn't have this sense of fulfillment. And I didn't have uh, this true joy. I had moments of happiness for sure. It was awesome. Mm -hmm. I had great experiences, no doubt. But I also knew that I had this crippling sense of perfectionism and this need to be a people pleaser. Yes. Um, and it was through going through a couple years of intensive therapy that I was kind of like able to unwrap all of that. Mm, beautiful. And now it's like, I'm just going to rip the bandaid off. Like mm. I'm going to, I'm just going to run. I'm, I'm going to do the things I, whatever oh. I want to do, I'm going to chase that. I'm going to yes. do that. There's this quote, another quote I'm going to butcher. Um, this one's from Anne Lamont. And I think it's in her book, Bird by Bird. She talks about perfectionism. Mm -hmm. And basically she says like, she thinks that Perfectionism is based on the idea that uh, if you run carefully enough with uh, your head down, looking at like each stepping stone you hit along the way, you're going to be able to do it just right and you won't have to die. <laughs> but in reality, those of us who aren't looking down and who are instead just running, they're going to have a lot more fun while doing it. Amen. And that's basically the quote that I think exemplifies how I've lived my life for the last four or five years, mm. which is like, if I want to do it, I'm going to just do it. Yeah. If, if I feel inclined to do it, if it's going to bring me joy, if it's going to bring me peace, if it's going to allow me to spend more time with my family and friends, the things that are my priorities, then I'm going to do it. And if I'm going to set my mind to it, I'm just going to do it. I'm not going to care if it's perfect. I'm not going to care if it's good enough. I'm very much known for my typos in my, in my content. Yeah. Um, it's just, I'm just going to do it. I'm not going to care if it's perfect. I just got to do it. Freedom. So beautiful. Thank you. Oh, I, I feel like you just gave so many people freedom I hope by so. saying that. I hope so. Truly. So working on that, like mm -hmm. how overcoming that you mentioned therapy, mm -hmm. um, what else helped you yeah. unlock that perfectionism? Therapy was the biggest thing. Um, also getting slapped in the face that kind of a lot of things that were a part of my perfect plan weren't going according to the perfect plan. So I was like, I've done everything. I like, okay, we checked off the box, state championship. Now I'm going to play college football. Mm -hmm. And then kind of like my world started kind of crumbling around me for a variety of reasons. Um, and so I was like, okay, perfect plan isn't working. No matter how perfect I am, it ain't going according to plan. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to have to just do things without the perfect plan. I'm just going to have to do things. Um, and then I did a, a couple things, experiments to kind of like force myself to get better with rejection and, and not being perfect. One of them, I don't think I got to 20, but it was, um, to walk up to like 20 random people. I think it was like in, in one month, um, and just like form a friendship with them, random people, either a friendship or I was single at the time or like go on a date. Um, and so I just got in the habit of like, I'm just going to walk up to this person and try to become friends. And a lot of them were no's. A lot of them were like weird looks. Um, I know another example of this that I didn't do is, and this is a practical one that maybe a listener could try, is going up to your local whatever, restaurant, coffee shop, mm -hmm. and just asking for 10% off. Ask for 10% off. Because that's a scary thing. It's like, yeah, I don't know why, but we feel so scared. And just no reason, no, it's my birthday. No, like just, can I have 10% off this order? Right. Flat out. And a lot of times you're going to get a yes and you're going to save 10%. Right. Or the other side of that is you're going to get a no, but at least you're learning to deal with that right. rejection uh, and that uncomfortability. So, yeah, that's that's a little uh, practical way that someone could practice so that. So good. It, how important is your faith to you? 
It's very important to me. Yeah, yeah it's something that um, has always been important and central in my life. Um, it's led a lot of what I have done and all of my closest friends and my wife, um, their relationship with their faith and their ability to challenge me um, has been central in keeping them in my life too. So good. Mm -hmm. You're so awesome. Oh, thank you. Like you're an example for me, for men, for anybody out there. Like you're just living it. You're living your life and with joy. And I can feel that. Thank you. And, you know, I, I really believe like when someone owns who they are and who God created them to be and like they're just in it. I think it's so intoxicating when mm -hmm. someone is who they actually are. Thank you. And, and you get that with you. Thank you. And I'm so grateful. Thank you. That yeah. really, that means so much to me. Yeah. I am. Um, I know that's the one the one thing as you're saying that I really appreciate that. I know I'm a super positive, energetic, joyful person. Yellow is the color of my social media. So there's like this bright in your yeah. face enthusiasm. Um, but I hope everyone listening knows how much I also struggle with, mm -hmm. how much I am challenged by, how stressed I felt even this morning about certain things as I'm looking at my to do list and these things I got to do before I move next week. I'm just a real person like yeah. everyone else. I think my my baseline level of joy and energy might be a little bit higher, but I am in no way um, got it all figured out yeah. or have it all planned out. I mean, we talked about Twitter yeah. and restarting yeah. on TikTok. Probably yeah. a lot of listeners have way more followers than me yeah. on TikTok today. Yeah. Um, so I really appreciate yeah. that though. Thank you. Where can people find you? Myspace.com yeah. forward slash Brock 11 Johnson. No, uh, Brock 11 Johnson across all socials. That's awesome. that's what I am. I got it on TikTok now too. Uh, Instagram, YouTube, mm. Twitter, all of them. Brock yeah. 11 Johnson. Follow him. You're going to love his content. Share this podcast with anyone and everyone. And thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I'm so glad we got to do this.